and welcome to the Gentleman's Soapbox. I am Jake, and with me as always is the Reverend Sean. So, as a warning, if you've come looking for intelligent, nuanced, well-informed, non-tangential, journalistic discussion of current events, you have come to the wrong place. However, if you're interested in the ramblings of two middle-aged white men, then we have the show for you. How are you today, Sean? I do well, sir. So, as always, we're going to start with the uh, a question to see if we can ramble our way through answering. And my question for today is, what the fuck are we teaching our kids? So, mm. I'll give you mm -hmm. a little bit of background on myself so that you can see where I'm coming from on this. Um, I went to what you might call a really snotty, well-known private high school. Shirt and tie to school every day was originally founded as a Naval Academy preparatory school. Um, you know, very, very, very prestigious. And well, as I said before, snotty. Um, I'm also a college dropout, which was really fun for my dad. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but what I actually managed to learn in college, excuse me, in high school was more than anything else, how to learn and how to think about things versus what seems to be we're teaching kids today is what to think. So then that's kind of where I'm going is, is, is how are we going to move forward when all we're doing is indoctrinating kids versus actually educating them in how to form opinions? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't go to anything even remotely close to, I graduated from a small, at least high school, um, a small little hick country, um, town called Crum, spelled with a K. And as you might imagine in this hickish, um, town in Texas, which was, if you've ever seen, um, the Broadway play Tuna, Texas. Um, <laughs> I I lived there. Okay. Oh, okay. I, 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 that, I, I think I remember you saying at some point in the time that I've known you that your town was actually where they filmed Leap of Faith. Yes. Yes, as a matter of fact. And it was not ironic. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was it was very much that was actually uh, 10 minutes shot for 10 minutes from where I grew up. And uh, at least from the age of 12. And uh, it was a very common sense existence. They, I had classes that taught you automotive, that taught you agricultural. We had a class called wildlife where we went in the field next door and shot skeet. Um, our senior class could fit in two pickup trucks. Uh, they, they very much, the, the, the whole premise behind the thing was to teach you how to go out and become a productive member of society. Now, they were sure uh, in the annals, the rich and hallowed annals of Crum, Texas, um, they were pretty sure there were three things that men, such as myself, young men, uh, would grow to learn to do. Uh, one was join the military. Uh, two was to go work at the Peterbilt plant in the nearby town of Denton. And uh, the third, if you really wanted to, is you could become a 
a college boy and go to some sort of secondary school. And and, and that was all my high school was based on was getting you into very specifically an Ivy League college. Yeah, there um, was yeah, see there was a fourth option in Crum as well and that was prison. <laughs> uh, which at least uh, I'd say a good fifth, maybe a quarter of the boys who graduated with me spent some time in. Uh, so it was kind of one of those type of things. But uh, it was definitely a very different education than what they're doing now. It will, and, and even I'll admit with my education being primarily college preparatory that one of the things that I figured out when I did drop out of college was that i had zero skills at the time like no oh yeah yeah me too um i knew i knew less than nothing when i started college uh i spent a year and I, jake and i were talking about this before before the cast i spent a year in junior college and my grades were so exemplary they asked me not to come back <laughs> um oh, that, that's okay. that, that's my first year of University of Maryland, in which my father to this day, and I'm in my late 40s, is um, he refers to as the $10,000 vacation. Yeah, my my father did something very similar. He's like, look, son, I am glad you had a good time your first year of <laughs> college. I, uh, I understand those chicks were very hot. I wish to inform you that uh, I will no longer be paying for any type of uh, – advanced education for you and you are now cut loose and on your own in that particular regard and do you know that after that i got radically more serious about my education amazing how that works it is weird now i will say this and this is something that i think a lot of kids now can identify with then as today is that from the time you enter kindergarten to the time you move out of your house um Everything is forced down your throat. Uh, you're forced to go to grammar school. You're forced to go to junior high. You're forced to go to college. And you're highly pressured – or high school. And then you're highly pressured to go to college. Yeah, uh, there's, there's enormous amounts of pressure. Um, well, I guess where I was kind of going with this is the idea of at least where I went to high school, they taught me how to learn. It's, it's well, taken me 20 years, but – uh, you know, I taught myself how to be a medical laser expert, and it seems like with what we're getting, you know, I've got a, a senior in high school as far as far as a kid. I believe you've got one in middle school and one in elementary. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And, uh, you know, the, the, a lot of the topic that you see going bouncing around uh, the media, be that as it may, uh, these days is you know, what they're teaching kids to believe in school, whether it's believe that uh, race is one thing or the other, whether it's, you know, even when we were younger, it was whether you believed in creationism or uh, Darwinism, rather than simply teaching kids how to learn, how to think, not what to think. Well, which is why I think at a certain point it's it's kind of the same, which is which is sort of my point, I guess. The the way that we were taught was definitely not some of the same things that is being taught today. Um, there are there were things that we were taught that is no longer uh, emphasized. Uh, there are are ways that 
that they go about it now that we would have looked at and laughed at uh, back in the 80s and 90s when we were going to school. Uh, which I know puts us at a certain age, but still, uh, there's <laughs> math is math. Math does not change. Right um, now, uh, there's there's all kinds of different things, and I think some of the changes have been um, largely good. Uh, when I was going through school, they didn't uh, take into account dyslexia at all and didn't account for it, and now they have a class um, that specifically helps people with that kind of thing learn now. The the whole what versus how, I think that's always been a problem. We just see it more now um, because of two things. I, I honestly think this, okay? Um, one, the way schools get money has changed some oh, and been dramatically emphasized differently. Uh, the standardized testing system has not done great things for the generations that schools are pumping out. Uh, and it can get worse than even people can think. I mean, that's even one of the ones I almost feel bad as as bad for the teachers for as for the students themselves. Oh, I'm not suggesting that. Yeah, I I would totally agree with that. I just don't think that it fits all situations. Um, The the blatant disregard for common sense over – Shared consensus is amplified the higher up in school you go, right? Um, Has that has that always been that way and I missed it? I don't think it was near as bad. I don't remember that because there was a giant like you remember elementary school. There was a giant push between right and wrong. When, uh, when and, we were a kid. And I know you're a couple of years younger than I am, but not by much. But I I know when I went through elementary school, the big thing at that point in time is when it was arguing whether or not it was co- whether or not it was kosher to actually hit kids in school. Yeah, they didn't have that problem. Remember, Texas, small town, <laughs> 80s and 90s. I got whoopings. All right. They brought a chair out in the middle of the hallway, had you bend over it, got the shop teacher, and you got licks from a wooden paddle. Okay, well, that's what happened in my school. Well, I had a third, and that was pretty commonplace. I had a third grade teacher who would wrap you across the knuckles with a ruler. Um, but the, the funny thing is, and her daughter was my best friend, but the elementary principal had, and I know it's not as big as I remember it because I was five to ten years old. But she had hanging on the wall behind her desk an enormous paddle. It had the boreholes drilled into it and everything. And there were, like, always rumors as to who may or may not have gotten the paddle. I uh, I can at least clear some of those up in my case. I got it several times uh, <laughs> at my school, um, all the way up till I think I was a sophomore in high school. Oh, wow. I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, would, they, your... would, they wouldn't have dreamed of touching anybody when I, by the time I was a sophomore in high school. The last thing I remember as far as anything even remotely close to that is uh, in sixth grade, a teacher who would throw the chalkboard erasers at us. Yeah, that's that. Uh, Crumb was a little different. It, it was about 15 years behind uh, everywhere else. But, uh, th- I mean, that's just kind of the high school. It was very martial. <laughs> Very corporal, um, very 
uh, old school, you know, like biblical, uh, eye for an eye type stuff. Um, whoever won the fight got the punishment. Whoever lost the fight, they figured it had been punished enough. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, if, if you were going to have a fight, which, as you might be getting some kind of picture, I was into a lot of like, I was small for my age up until like my junior year where I grew four inches during the summer. Um, so I was undersized. So I had a mouth that went with a short little skinny kid. So I was constantly getting in a fight. So the, the teachers would suggest that we can fight just not on school ground. So we go across the street, beat the living hell out of each other and then come back all bloody and short turn shirts turned up and everything. And they're like, Hey, nothing they could, nothing we can do. They had the fight off of school grounds, right? That was the environment I lived in. Um, and in that environment, uh, they were – their big thing was trying to prepare you. And I, I kind of agree with this, and I think we're missing a lot of it, which I'll get to later. But their big thing was like, look, you have to prepare yourself for some kind of career path after you get out of here. Because you don't want to be a bum. That was basically, I mean, whether it was how to think, how to learn, how to do whatever, that was basically what they were trying to do. Like, please be a productive member of society. Don't go to jail. If you can't think of anything else to do, go to the military. That was their big push, right? Uh, and once again, uh, pushing the argument and the question is, is it seems like, and, and once again, maybe this is a media facsimile than, than what's really going on out there. I have my own opinions as what's really going on out there, but it, it seems like you've got more and more of a less of, okay, we don't care if you're a productive member of society anymore, as long as you believe the right things, as long, you oh, know, we don't yeah, care. There's if a lot of in, that. As long, we don't care if you end up in prison, as long as it's for the right thing. The end goal has definitely changed. Um, also, the narrative has changed. Uh, the colleges, the way they get money is a lot different. They are now funded uh, like uh, over a third or half. I cannot remember what it is. I saw a report on it the other day by tuition and rich kids, right? Yeah. So if that's the case and you're like half your money doesn't come or, or over half your money doesn't come from the state anymore, it comes from tuition, what are you trying to do? You're trying to get as many attract as many rich kids who just are looking for pieces of paper and someplace to party as you possibly can. And, and they treat the kids more like customers in college than they do. Look, we're trying to instill and beat in you a, a way to philosophize and think and, and be, become more advanced as an adult. It's more of uh, you need this paper to have a better life. Uh and I understand that, but that also goes beyond even just college in which the kids are being treated like that. Uh, when you start talking about even high school and middle school, uh, at what point did it come to the uh, – okay, once again, using ourselves as examples. If the teacher said you did something to your parents at home and you looked at your parents and went, nuh -uh, um, who did your parents believe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. and that doesn't happen anymore. At this point, I'm try, I've been trying to figure out at what point that the word of the child became to, to have more weight than the word of the adult in the room. Well, I'll tell you exactly the point. When it became apparent that the teacher was capable of making a social statement instead of trying to educate your child. 
okay. Um, it, <laughs> then the other part that goes into is when did it turn into um, it doesn't matter if you learn anything as long as you feel good about it. I think that's in the last um, – you know what? I'll tell you exactly when that started to happen, the rise of social media. And I know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes and stuff, but that didn't start happening until social media. Okay. So so you're looking at around 2006, 2007, you know, so uh, around there, I think that started to be where the super uh, – it wasn't a term yet, but super woke virtue signaling started to happen was then. When everybody could get fake internet points and and be flooded with all this serotonin in their brain because everyone approved of their lifestyle. I think that's where it started, to be honest. Is there an answer for that at this point in life? There is. <laughs> no one's going to like it. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't think that there's an answer on the, the track we're currently going on. Um, it's... I think people are starting to tire a little bit of some of the virtue signaling because the cancel culture and some of the other things that are, are the direct products of these um, uh, thought incubators are now coming for the, P, the progenitors of such a system as well as everyone else. And they're like, well, wait, that sucks. It's like, yes, yes, it does. Let's try and work <laughs> out why. <laughs> I don't see it coming to that much of a slowdown, though. I mean, you are starting to see some people, uh, a lot of times, a lot of it coming from the stand-up comedians who have suddenly looked around and went, shit, if I can't say what I want to, I'm out of work. Um, but you're, you're starting to see some people come out against cancel culture, but you're not seeing cancel culture slow down anywhere near as much as you No, I don't, I don't think you will either. Uh, the millennials are just coming to the point – like millennials are starting to hit middle age. True. And they are starting to look around and go, wow, I need a better job than this. Like sticking <laughs> it to the man really has not paid the bills like I thought it would. Or – you know, like, wow, I really thought like being off and free and by myself is cool, but I want a family. Fuck. You know, like like there's 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 that that like uh oh uh realization moment coming with some of the the older or uh as uh, Liza Schleisner puts it, uh elder millennials. Um they're starting to hit that point and that's fine. But the the younger ones, people under thirty you know, 25 and down, you know, 30 and to 25, those, those types and, and categories of people, um, the system has completely failed them. Uh, there, our country has failed them. They, they well, can't, they, it, it, but I, think it, about it though. Well, no, I mean, what, when you're saying our country and the system has failed them, what's, what's going in the top of my head is the new law that in, I think it's Oregon where a kid doesn't even need to be able to read in order to graduate from high school anymore. Right. I mean, our, our system has failed them. I mean, our, but, but once again, I, I, I know we're, I'm starting to sound like the old fart screaming, get off my lawn, uh, talking about a better, it time. is on the I, website. Yeah, I know, <laughs> <laughs> but, and I know I'm starting to sound like the old fart who's wishing for a better day and age from years gone by. 
Bedridge but, Farm remembers. <laughs> but where I keep going with this is is that it used to be a scandal if they started finding kids who graduated from college who couldn't read, couldn't do math. And now they're saying that it's a good thing. The, the again, you can you can direct that back to spin doctoring, media and social media. It's it's very simple, right? Like, what do you do when you want to control a narrative to something? You control the media and you control the way you view success. And if I cannot well, remember where it's actually almost considered a bad thing at this point. Well, exactly. You've moved the cheese, right? So, so what has happened, right? We've, we've, and I, I cannot remember who put it out, um, but somebody, somebody, the plan was, you know, you'll own nothing, you'll have nothing, and you'll be happy, right? They don't want, they, they want it to be a nation of renters who are locked in factory jobs and sort of like the ancient Egyptians, right? Here, here's your beer bread. Build the pyramids, shut up, and if there's an insurrection, we'll just kill all of you. It's fine. We'll make more. That's about where they want it to be. They're very happily um, making sure that there is no threat to the quote-unquote establishment. establishment, right? Uh, this is This doesn't – like why would you want them educated, armed, and <laughs> self-aware <laughs> – if what you're trying to do is steal their entirety of the future that they that they stand to inherit from them, why would you want them able to defend against that? I, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. It, well, it, but it, the, and I know how idealistic this is going to sound, but it doesn't make any sense at all because. I guess my thought process is, is why would even the people in charge, the establishment, want that? If you look historically, it doesn't work. Because they don't care about the future. Obviously, well, they I, care about I, now. I, I know and they what they want now is more power, more money, and no one to threaten them. Uh, well, and I, but I know they don't care about my future. I would think they would care about their own at the very least. They do, which is why they're doing the things that they're doing now, because they're still uh, they have enough power and enough resources and enough clout to get things going that, uh, in a way that's good for them right now. But in modern history, uh, you know, in days gone by, even in the previous century, you might get through that for a generation or two. You may not have to worry about it. It may have been your grandkids that were going to get brought outside and beheaded by the guillotine or and then when the people got tired of it and took over. But in the modern day and age, that doesn't last that long. Most people No, but it'll last it. a generation. And it'll they, last a generation, which is all they care about. Look it, at what they're doing. Don't listen to what they say. Look at what they do. What are they doing? They're oh, doing things that only benefit them now. Of course. And, and I, th I guess what I'm saying is, is I find that even on their own part to be stupid. Oh, I didn't say it was intelligent. It's also <laughs> going to work. Um, because by the time by the time it doesn't, 
they'll be dead or somebody else will be in power and they'll be living on a beach or or, or in the Hamptons and, and, or whatever. And, and I guess my point is is that it doesn't always last long enough for them to get there. I mean Oh, it'll it'll be fine. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing we can do. I mean, there's nothing we could do right now without major action, right? Without some kind of like the the closest, and you can say what you want to, and this is going to bring down a whole bunch of crap on top of me. But the biggest upset that has happened in our country in the recent times was the stunning upset in not this election, but the election last, where they put Trump in the White House, and all the establishment went, oh, oh. shit. Because they had it locked. They had it in the bag, right? All the polls, all the stuff they did, everything right, and they lost. And that absolute, whether you agree with Trump, whether you like him, whether you agree with the stuff he did, whatever, it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that the establishment and the powers that be that were miscalculated, and they don't want that to ever happen again it should be their person whether it's on one side of the fence or another it doesn't matter it should be their person a career politician who is willing to tow the line the way it should be towed as far as the they can they consider correct no matter who it is right they missed that in 2016 they they screwed up and they they didn't see it coming and they don't want that to ever happen again so what do you do to make sure that that never happens again. And when you look at it that way, it's very logical. Now, no, it's not very long, long term. It can't be because this is unsustainable. The way that we are training our children and training them to think um, as far as what's possible, what's feasible and what's a good idea is not sustainable. Um, it hasn't been for quite some time. Actually. Well, ha- have you had the dis- the wonderful opportunity to go to either back to school night or parent teacher conferences at this point? Yeah, I'm not supposed to go to those anymore. Uh, actually, Apparently, ne- I say too I. many things. I, I, I've been told I ask the uncomfortable questions and, you know, I've been literally like thrown out before my wife realized that I was going to lose my mind. Um the the one where I almost lost my mind was uh, when her when my daughter's uh, English literature teacher explained to me that they no longer teach the content of the stories they read, only the function of writing. Yeah. And yeah. and the best part about it is, is what my kid was reading that year was 1984. Yeah. Well, I can see why they wouldn't want that to be. Uh, widely known story um the <laughs> but that's that's the whole thing like the 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 whole concept of it of of what they're trying to do now is they're they can measure the the success with a a very small scope right but when you when you go down to what our society is actually telling our children is possible and even likely versus what it actually takes to get there. And when you lay that out for the child, it's nowhere close. Right. It's, it's not even the same. They're not even playing the same game. Right. It's not it's not even ballpark close. They're not even playing the same sport. <laughs> as as what it what they're seeming to think their expectations are and and it started with us right we barely squeaked through 
before this really started to change, when you could pay for an education and then only be in debt for a little while, when you could go and with or without a college degree, make a decent living, right? When yeah. you could go and and buy a house and it and it didn't bankrupt you and all your family members, right? When you could go to school and it didn't put you in crushing debt for pretty much ever. We squeaked in right at like the, the tail end of Gen X, which is what we are. Uh, squeaked in kind of in, in in that, right? The millennials, starting with them, were sold a bill of goods that was untrue then and only became more untrue, which is the same thing that they've been saying since the 50s. Work hard. Go to college. You'll. It's a better life. You get a better degree and happily ever after white picket fence, you know, for men, white wife. 2.4 children car you know save and you'll be in the country club soon and all is well and that's it's just not true um women have even been lied to even more than that and um on a number of things but the, for men that's the one i experienced right like that was the 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 narrative when we were growing up right i mean you remember that oh absolutely and I mean, at that point in time, it was even a question as to whether or not a woman wanted to work or not. Sure. Right. And, and like it, my, And it was almost controversial if they did. My mom stayed home. Um, that's now our family was a single income. My father worked very hard and was was gone a lot of the time on business trips and because he had to be. And, and my mom was always there. And we lived that kind of leave it to beaver type thing. Right. Yeah. Um, that was even as I was growing up increasingly less and less. Right. There was a lot of but it was about half and half when I was uh, going to school. Like if your your friend's mom worked, that was kind of hmm, that's weird, you know, but yeah, it, it, it just. It's just kind of how it was now. But well, like, I mean, and I guess what I was going to go say is, is that we were probably the last generation that had that because our generation, yeah. you can't get away with a single. Uh, Shannon and household. I both work. Yeah. yeah. Shannon and I both work because we have I, to. I mean, my wife, ironically enough, is a school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which is half yeah, the reason I mean, she throws me out of parent teacher conferences because she's worried I'm going to get her in trouble. <laughs> I'd like to have several questions. Nope. Out. Nope. 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 Oh, nope, nope. Yeah. The first uh, one I got kicked for was in middle school when the at back to school night they kept talking about all the things they were going to do to help the kids the the uh, the standardized test that year, and I raised my hand and asked them if they were teaching anything else. Yeah, that's not a good question. And, and I and I got kicked. Yeah. Yeah. What else are you doing? What are you teaching? You teaching them anything on like how to live life, how to learn, how to be a part of their environment, how to, you know, and it, it, the answer is no. <laughs> and it, well, it also goes back to the original premise that we've been talking about, which is once again, in the olden days, um, if you wrote a paper or had a comment or had something to say in class about what was being taught, it wasn't, it was, okay, this is what you said, prove your statement. Now it's you're wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, because because of the mm, we'll call it lack of substantial support, uh, logical support for the current uh, political, sociopolitical and um, academia's climate, 
uh, it doesn't stand up to a lot of criticism or scrutiny. Well, I mean, if you added criticism, scrutiny, and logic into the system at this point, it would probably just break down. Well, which is why they don't do that. <laughs> I mean, that's like they're not stupid. Uh, at least not that stupid. No, I mean, the, and, and really, I, I really do think, and I, I love, you know me, I love to make fun of millennials. It's one of my pastimes. But honestly, how bad do, I mean, we sold them a bunch of stuff as a society, right? And largely this was the boomers because, and I try to explain this to people who, who are not in Gen X, right? Boomers and millennials and Gen Z alike. Like, you don't understand. Before the boomers came for millennials, they crushed us. All right. They just pounded Gen X into the dirt until we said, thank you, sir. May I have another. <laughs> OK, they weren't interested in what we thought. <laughs> they just kicked us until we started doing what we were supposed to do. All right. They kowtowed us long time ago. If you want a job, you're going to shut up. Right. Because there were jobs then, and we were, and we needed some, and we needed to get going, and we needed to do this kind of stuff. So, when millennials finally got there and they went, "This sucks," we went, "Join the party." <laughs> like we know. <laughs> well, how did you fight this? You know, like, well, what do you mean fight it? They have all the money and all the power. What are you going to do? You know. Well, and but they, but even then, that's kind of started change when the millennials started trying to create businesses of their own, and some of which actually succeeding quite nicely. That's when you started getting things like nap time during the day. Uh, and, and it's kind of, well, this increases productivity. Wait a minute. You're saying that taking a nap in the middle of the day increases productivity. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Look, <laughs> number left, y'all. And I know that you can get a study that says almost anything, but no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, I've seen productivity and I know what work is. And that's, and that's part of the problem, right? The millennials will do anything to defy the boomers, and the boomers will do anything to crush the millennials. And what you got is this small group in the middle, which is Gen X going, oh, please, can we just, I just, I have a mortgage and kids, and can we just not do this? You know, because both of them expect us to be on their side. Is, is that where the work ethic went? You know, I think uh, part of the work ethic, and, and this, I honestly think this, and I, I give millennials credit for this. There is how can you have a work ethic when you know you're screwed from the start? They know within a show because all the jobs they want that millennials want, we have as a generation. That's what it is. All the managerial d director VP level stuff. If the boomers don't have it. We do. Okay, which means well, uh, they're well, pre-screwed. But I'm, but I'm going to even take a step back, is because it was part of the conversation we had before the cast started. Was you, but you run into it with millennials is they don't want to pay the dues to get to those jobs. They simply want them. Oh yeah, well, which is very that's a very young person thing to do. We were like that. I mean, we went uh, well, to a certain degree. Okay. Millennials are a little worse. I will give you that. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to say that. I, I know. I, I won't. I won't suggest that I didn't think at that point in time or the people around me didn't think at that point in the time that freaking old people. Oh, know, oh like, absolutely. You but, remember thinking that we're but, not that old. But but at the same time, there was still a concept of not 
Not, when I get up there, I'm going to be different. Exactly. You know? It was, but it was the concept of when I get up there. It wasn't yeah. I deserve to be there now. There and was I a think... concept of there was a concept then, and it, it and really part of what we're running into now is the fact that everybody figured out that the concept then wasn't accurate, which was if you work hard enough, you'll eventually get there. Yeah. And that's which what is... they're realizing now is that it doesn't actually work that way, unfortunately. But at the same time, they, you're still coming up to rather than going, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to eventually get there. It's no, no, no. I, I just deserve to be there now. That, I think, was the millennial point of view. Um, Gen Z has something much more dangerous, um, dangerous to the establishment, which we're seeing um, happen some in other countries now, which is um, – why bother? Like, we're not going to get there. Why bother? Uh, millennials were screaming it's unfair. And they're right. Uh, millennials would be like, I want it now. Yeah, you're not going to get it now. Um, Gen Z, they just look at it and go, it's rigged. It was rigged for Gen X. It's rigged for millennials. We are the last dog at the bowl. This, it's, it's, do you know what happens to the runts of the litter? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they look at it and go, yeah, the and war games the crap out of that stuff. You know, the best way to win is not to play. And they're kind of the problem to me is they're kind of right. They're not going to get it. The millennial they've got all of Gen X, all of the millennials in front of them. You have no choice. And the millennials are finally getting to the point where they they've been cowed, at least the older ones. To be like, oh, crap, I got to I got to dig in. I, I got stuff to do and bills to pay and, and all that. Um, Gen Z is just like, well, there's no room like they're, we're shoving them out into the workforce. Now they're starting to be in their late teens and 20s, starting to get into the workforce and everything going. It's a rigged game. We we cannot win. And they're absolutely correct. And a lot of them are going to or already have crushing debt on top of that. You are you're pre-screwed. So, I, I mean, I get it. That's that's a valid point and fair play to you, Gen Z. Um, so, now, so they're we'll... also handicapped with what you're saying is they haven't been. They haven't been given a fair and complete picture of what life and and skills and success is and requires either. I, and, so, and I guess what I'm kind of going with all of this is 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 the answer to fix the system or to throw the system out and start over? Is the system fixable? Okay, um, I have I I have I'm conflicted on that. Uh, <laughs> and, and and I'll and I'll even admit before we go into that is. I would what my hope is, is that the system is fixable, because, quite frankly, the idea of throwing the system out and starting over again scares the shit out of me because you don't know what you're going to get. It's kind of the devil, you know, versus what you don't. And it doesn't always tend to be the cream of the crop that rises to the top when you throw the system out and start over again. What you tend to get is the devious and ambitious, ambitious ones. I don't think anything short I'll say this, and then I'll, I'll go into what I actually think. I don't think anything short of a all-out civil war in this country will 
cause the system to be totally rebuilt from ashes. Um, it, 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 and the thing is, is that if you are a student of history, what you the, the types of rhetoric that you've got going on right now. Now, you can look at times like the 60s. Uh, quite frankly, you can even look at the debates that went on between Jefferson and Washington and see a lot of the same vitriol. But you can also see a lot of what happened just before the Civil War, especially when you start looking at who's going to get elected and the things, the statements that were made prior to Lincoln being elected. Yeah, you also have a president sitting in the White House now who, like, low-key threatened to nuke his own country. However, um, <laughs> he, he has to find the button first. <laughs> man, you know, and people are like, no, he didn't. I'm like, he actually suggested that having firearms in 2A doesn't matter because the government has nukes. What do you think he meant by that? Um, think, you know, <laughs> think. I know it's hard. Think. Uh, to to quote Tom Hanks, that's your lump the three feet above your ass. <laughs> you know? um, there, it's it's I, I don't think you could rebuild the system and start anew without a civil war. There would have to be a giant upheaval between the haves and the have-nots because that's who it's going to be this time. Well, and if that's the case, if going back to the educational idea is. Are we doing them a disservice by not giving them the tools for that thought process? Or is it actually kinder just to do what we're doing, which is kind of pat them on the head and go say, go sit over there. It'll it'll be OK. Kinder. No. Easier. Yes. Um, no, it is never kind to take an entire generation of your own children and permanently screw them. Uh, I, uh, I'm super not happy about it. Um, I see that that's the direction that we've taken, but, uh, because, and this is the part that really drives me crazy because some people want to virtue signal and want to feel better about the things that they're doing and make it seem like, like we live in a world that we don't, we are taking at least two generations that I can see the millennials and Gen Z and flushing them. And do I think that's kind? No, no, not to them and not to their children. Uh, like uh, at some point we're going to pay for that. And that point will pro you and I will probably see the start of that repayment. I don't think we're going to see the hardship. What we'll see is the spark. I think you and I will live to see that. Um, we might see the hardship depending on how bad it gets and how greedy, uh, the, the generation and control of the switches and the money is now. Uh, however, a couple of things. Um, one, I do I think it's largely fixable? I think you could do a lot to um, mitigate the damage that's being done currently. One is I think you should de-emphasize college and re-emphasize trade schools. And, and Mike Rowe is getting thrown under the bus for that exact idea. I get it, and I know that, that that's an unpopular opinion, but honestly, we have devalued everything that is not tech so much, and we have hurt our internal infrastructure and our, and our, and our ability to create, to produce things in this country. We don't produce shit compared to what we did in the 1930s and 1940s, 1950s. You can't, you can't economically produce anything in this country anymore. 
Of course not. Because of the way we've set it up, right? Because of the way that we have tilted the scales so that the rich get richer and everybody else suffers for it. We're, and we've been saying this, and, and there's been lots of studies about it. You'll see that um, there's no studies about it now because they really don't want you to pay any attention to it. We are shrinking the middle class to the point where there's going to be an upper class and peasants is really what they would prefer to happen. Now, they don't want to say that out loud because – Saying that out loud would trigger a civil war. They don't want to do that. What they want is to just have it quietly be that way. Um, what that takes, by the way, to do that is don't educate your populace, give them shit jobs, and make it virtually impossible to pull themselves out of their own muck. Now, if you look at what's happening today with the millennials um, and Gen Z – that's exactly what we're doing. We're making it impossible for you to buy your own home. You're gonna, they want you to be a nation full of renters. We want it but, to but be. But they're even trying to screw the the people who own the homes at this point. Well, of course they are. That's standard operating procedure. Um, they're <laughs> of course they are. Um, that's yeah, and um, they try and make it so that you're swimming in debt. Uh, so that you you'll never get out of that. that you you and if you complain about it, you're a wuss, right? You're you're not a team player. Um, they're stealing your future for all intents and purposes, and you're supposed to be happy about that and accept it. So it would make sense that he's getting crucified for saying, um, you know, emphasize trade schools, emphasize technical schools that teach you a trade and a career, um, because that doesn't fit the narrative. Right. At all that everybody needs to to go through this path because this is the accepted path. And that's just not correct. Um, there's well, I mean, not only that, but a bachelor's degree is not doesn't have the same worth today that it did when you and I were even considering no. getting one. Not that either no. one of us got one, but no, um, it, it's almost to the point where what I remember uh, Robert Heinlein, I always thought, was very prophetic. Um, if you remember in the book Friday, he uh, suggested that in California, of all places, the Republic of California, that they had decided that people were happier if they had bachelor's degrees. So they simply gave everyone over the age of 18 a bachelor's degree. And mm -hmm. now everyone was happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I I always resented um the emphasis on you have to do this to be happy. You have to do this to be successful. Like the, the, the biggest degree I actually paid for, I have two honorary PhDs, but I have the biggest degree I actually ever earned. I will say it that way is an associates. And <laughs> I, I got a high school diploma. That's about it. <laughs> I consider myself fairly successful. I'm a vice president uh, of a technical company. I do very well. It's fine, at least today, you know, I mean, you know, in today's market, who knows? But but today, <laughs> for the last several years, I, I, I've achieved a certain level, and that's fine. Um, I know many people with PhDs or, or MBAs and stuff that are not happy, that make less than I do, that are not in the field that they, <laughs> they got their degree in. Uh, it just – it's – and a lot of people who like the – the guy I went to high school with who apprenticed as a plumber 
uh, retired last year, bought a house in uh, the Philippines or Philippines, Thailand, somewhere, somewhere in Asia, um, got himself a 23 year old wife and retired. Um, must be awful. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, he also has his own jet, which is really annoying. Um, <laughs> super annoying. Uh, I'm like, what is that? He goes, it's citation three. I'm like, you suck, you know. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's like a a college degree is a not what it used to be okay well, it's, you, it's you, really there, not there was a point in time in which you could actually find employment with a liberal arts degree you can't anymore it, no. it does nothing for you and uh, you've got so many people getting degrees in uh gen, you know women's studies i, I don't even start with the women's studies uh, but, i i but can't do it sociology uh philosophy exactly yeah. and it's kind of like um yeah, that's not going to do anything for you. I can double down a little bit on that. I, I got a degree that was basically I went to an artistic tech school. Yeah. It was really what I went to. Now, it's not the same as it was back in the 90s. It's been bought several times, and they've changed the curriculum to be more profitable, quote unquote. Um, but the, the time I went through, it was a radical program. It was basically a trade school for tech people. And they had at the end, they had a huge job fair and a placement program where they helped you find a job. And I'm like, wow, my dad looked at that and went, wow, I'll even help pay for some of that because this is this is a tech school. I understand this. This is a career training for art people. Okay, this makes sense to me. And this is an old school military guy who, you know, he was he grew up corporate and corporate till he dies, you know, type of guy. And he went, ah, I understand this. This is a career path, right? He was correct, by the way. But yeah, he went and went, oh, okay, I see this now. This is a thing, and I understand what it's trying to do. And I think if a lot of places kind of adapted that kind of philosophy, all right, look, Screw all the rest of this stuff. We're going to train you for this. Do you want to be in tech? Do you want to be in graphics? Do you want to be in automotive or uh, maintenance or, or whatever it is? And that kind of goes into part of it. Or is is that what we're missing a little bit more? I think um, we're totally missing that. Education right towards a career versus just education for the, education's the problem, sake. Yeah, one of the problems I think we had with the millennials, and this is they were, and I think they were sold on this. This isn't all their fault, okay? They, they're, God, who was it? Um, God, he did a special, um, the comeback kid, and I, I don't remember tall, lanky guy. He played uh the spider pig or spider ham in um, uh, Spider Man. Uh, I know who you're talking about, and once again, I cannot. <laughs> uh, I know John Mulaney. Yes, John Mulaney. He had a he had a great thing where he's like, uh, I signed up for an English degree. It cost one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and I did it and signed the paperwork at seventeen with no lawyers present. Right? <laughs> I got an English. Let me rephrase that or say that again. I got an English degree. <laughs> For a hundred and twenty thousand dollars, 
with no attorney present, right? Like, like you're not you. You have to go and do what people like the, your elders and the people who quote unquote should know better tell you to do. And what they told them to do was get like you're saying, get a bachelor's degree because your life will be better. And what they did is got a bachelor's degree in anything. And didn't they said, all right, I got a bachelor's degree now. Hand me my success. And the world had changed. But even the standards of what it takes to get that is gone. You know, it made me think of it when you said an English degree and, you know, speaking in proper English is is frowned upon at this point. Well, of course it is. Uh, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. I keep you know? asking I mean, like, these questions, and your response keeps being, "Hey, idiot! This is what they want." <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. I mean, that's 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 exactly what they want. I mean, that's and and it's it's kind of funny because you you look at it and you go, "Well, this when did that happen?" Well, it happened. You know, I it's it happened in the last couple of years and. What you're hearing, and I think a lot of people confuse uh, what the millennials are saying, what they're actually crying about, as being them just crying for no reason. They have reasons. It's very good reasons, actually. Um, now, what we can see as an older generation, as Gen X, is the way you're going about it isn't going to work, right? The way you're you're trying to fix the problem is not going is not how the world works. And that's the point we're trying to make to them. What the boomers are saying is shut up and suck it up. We have all the money. You do what we tell you. And it's at this point, they're kind of correct. They you kind of have to. The world is laid out like like it is because of the way it was built. And it wasn't built to be fair to anybody but people who have a lot of money. That's just how the world works. And it's even more so now than it used to be. And there's less recourse for them. And they're less educated about it. And they don't want any kind of of, of recourse to be available to anyone who threatens that. They're going they're doing a bang up job of making that. So why <laughs> if if your goal is to get as much as you can as quick as you can and you don't care who you hurt or what you do to the future, this is exactly what that looks like. I mean, you can just look around and be like, yep, that's what you do. And that's kind of the, the path we're taking. So if you want to, to um, like take buying a house, right? That's a major milestone. I mean, just, just remove it from the college thing. Take buying a house. What does it take to buy a house now? Uh, it depends on where you are in the world. I know around here, if you're looking for a townhouse, it's about one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand dollars. Right, that's a townhouse. Yeah. Right. Um, how many millennials who've gotten out of school a couple of years and have an entry level job can afford a house? None. Yeah, that's that's it. That's and that's why you see they're a nation of renters. Uh, they live with their parents. They're trying to save up for a house, but it'll cost twenty to thirty, maybe forty thousand dollars depending on where you live, maybe 60,000. Um, now my brother, it's an interesting thing. Like I am four years older than my brother. I got out of school. I did a whole bunch of stuff. I bought a house and I bought a house right before the entire crisis happened. Uh, the housing market died and I got one of those deals, right? When I walked, <laughs> when I bought a house, 
And it, I totally admit, I totally took advantage of it. I didn't know the, the, the crash was coming, but I saw the deal and I went, that can't be real. I brought no money to closing. In fact, they paid me. They brought a $2,000 gift card to, uh, to Lowe's so I could buy appliances to closing. I put zero down on my house. Nothing. And when I did the loan and uh, houses were so cheap that I was actually paying less for my house than I was for rent. So that was in 2005, early 2006, late 2005, somewhere in there. Um, It was 2005. That deal when my brother went to buy a house six years later doesn't exist. Doesn't exist, right? And it, now, and, and that's even gotten worse because you, you can't even get the building materials to build a house anymore. No, and it's fifty times more, you know, fifty percent more expensive now. And the getting a loan is tougher because they they don't do now. I didn't buy, didn't do like so many of my friends did, and buy too much house. There were a lot of. I bought my house when I was twenty eight years old. 20, 28, 29, somewhere in there, before 30, 28, 29 years old. Now, I didn't buy too much house. A lot of my friends did. They bought 4,000, 3,500 square foot McMansions, basically, marble everything, granite everything, you know, beautiful switchback staircases, giant windows, you know, uh, and, all the four-car garage type stuff. And then the adjustable interest rate changed. Yeah. And then the adjustable interest rate or the balloon payment came due or – um, as happened in all of of the country, it then became for the next five years worth much less than the note. And that's a problem if you buy a four hundred or three hundred thousand dollar house and it's now worth one fifty or one seventy five or two hundred. Um, my house that I paid one hundred and thirty for that was now worth ninety nine. I didn't care because I wasn't moving anywhere. Yeah. I'm like. Okay, you know, I'll just wait for it to go back up. That same house now that I'm sitting in, I have paid 15 years worth of mortgage payments in or 16 or whatever it is and is now worth on the open market about 300. And it's like, huh, okay. But that's not what happened to everybody, right? Like a lot of Gen Xers, and I'm sure you know these people, um, they're our friends. (laughs) Uh, had to leave their house. They lost their house or whatever because they couldn't afford the the adjustable rate or the balloon payment came due. Actually, I'll I'll go one better. I had a cousin who was in the house flipping business at the time who lost. Oh dear lord! Yeah, I was gonna Uh, say. Oh no! (laughs) I I I mean, the fact that he's married to one of the people who runs IBM is basically the only thing that saved him. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's a good card to play. That's that's good. Um, I didn't have that. Uh, I just went. I just noticed my taxes got a lot less, and the house value went down. And and you know everybody around me is like, oh my god, you know, because a lot of these payments came due, and the banks changed the the interest rate, and and all this stuff changed, and and suddenly their their payment of like seventeen hundred jumped to thirty two hundred, you know, because of payments come due, or they were putting. And this was very popular, and you'll remember this, like two mortgages on the same house. Oh, um, yeah. Not, not only that, but the, you were doing two mortgages in which what you were paying for the first year and a half was the only interest until yeah, you the, actually started the, to actually pay principal, which right. doubled your payment. Or the introductory rate, 
or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And, and you're like, Oh crap, you know? <laughs> and they're like, how bad did you get hit? I'm like, well, the house is worth less, but you know, the payment hasn't changed. They got an FHA loan. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same as it was. It's just, you know, worth less now. I don't go back up. They're like, Oh my God, that'll be years from now. I'm like, yeah, I plan to live here. I mean, like <laughs> this is my house, you know, like it's a 2000 square foot house, not a 4,200 square foot house. But I mean that kind of stuff. And again, Gen X bit down on that, right? Gen X was sold. Like you need to live like you're in a Gordon Gecko presentation or, or, you know, well, uh, Gen X or, is also or the, cribs. Gen X is the also the first generation in which, um, as a generation, we didn't have a higher standard of living than the generation that came before us. We tried yeah. to, yeah, and, and they put failed. a lot of that on credit cards, and we failed, and we failed miserably uh, because you can't do that. Our 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 yeah. nation was in starting to be in decline as far as the standard of living. Yes. Um, and by the time the millennials got it, it was gone. And now that Gen Z is seeing it, they're like, well, this is crap. Yes. As a matter of fact, it is welcome to the world. Um, you're probably not going to own a house anytime soon. Uh, it is most popular right now, which is why I brought this up. It is in order for a millennial or a Gen Z to have to own a home. They uh, normally, on average, in the United States right now, need twenty to thirty thousand dollars worth of help from family members. So somebody has to basically gift you tens of thousands of dollars for you to have a shot at owning your own home. And if you can get past BlackRock buying up every house in any neighborhood you find, so that they can have a, a nation of renters. You're doing really good, and they're jumping up the prices right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's really difficult. So, the, just the I guess the, to bring that back around, because I know we're we're running a little long, but to bring that back around, um, I don't think it's just the education. Um, ju- I mean, are they educated in the same way we were? No. Uh, is that a bad thing? Yeah, probably. However. It is the product of the runners of our country and our leadership and elite class, politician class, elite class. This is their plan. This is exactly what they wanted to happen. A nation full of people who are entirely dependent on whatever the elite class says. This is their nirvana. Well, then I'll add my own morbid response to this and i will admit my response is morbid and then i'll ask we'll see if you've got a better suggestion which is if you look at history unfortunately what has for lack of a better term cleared the way for a a follow-up generation in order to come in and have was a war well historically um when but if if you think about it you know when it, when the population was growing in the United States in the beginning, it was expanding out west, and we can't do that anymore. Um, once we had what we think of as the the greater you know 48 states of the United States, at that point in time, the population and everything was kept in control by you know you had the Civil War that knocked out most of the male generation of that period of time. 
Not long after that, you had World War I, knocked out a good bit of the male generation at that point in time. Then you had World War II, once again, knocked out a good portion of the male generation at that point in time. Um, you had Vietnam, you had Korea, uh, you know, though in which were more devastating, even though they were not quite as long as, for example, what's gone on in Afghanistan. And these, all of these things have continued to knock down parts of the population. And the other thing that just freaked the hell out of everybody under the sun is they've just started suggesting that they're going to have women sign up for selective service now. So it, it almost sounds like they're preparing for, uh, you know what? We need to make some room. Let's have a war. Do you know who it'll be with? Well, it'll either be with ourselves or with China. Yeah, it'll be with China. Yeah. It'll be with China. Um, if if it was ourselves, that means we would be so self-aware that we knew we were screwed and we had no future. And I don't think we're that smart um, as a society. I don't think we're there. I think a lot of us would have to die. And I know that's morbid. That's super bad to well, say, but that, I think there, there'd have to be morbid. Yeah, there'd have to be a ton of us just being marched into destruction before we rebelled against the elite class. I, I don't think we're capable of it as we sit as a country right now. Um, there's just enough that's that people are eking through and, and that it's okay and, and you know people have Wi-Fi and Netflix and beer and, and it's okay, right? Like they can make do when that stops or when there's large portions of us just being cut and swath, like, like you want to panic a bunch of people, especially a bunch of these sanctimonious liberal people, make them sign up for the military. Well, that's what I said. Everybody freaked <laughs> out when I all of a sudden suggested that women might have to sign up for selective service. Yeah, that's I'd love to do a cast on that because that's hysterical. I think that's funny because you're seeing some pushback from it. And I'm like, why? Well, uh, <laughs> you're equal like this is equal. This is equality. Um, uh, well, and but then again, that is one extreme to the spectrum. I'll go to the other extreme of the spectrum, the, the, uh, the extreme of extreme optimism. Um, as much as the war thing is the extreme pessimism. The other option is, is at some point in time, we're going to have to leave this planet. I think that'll be that. I, yeah, but that won't happen in our lifetime. It's that's so three, four generations from now, and it'll only be the rich. It'll only be the rich, like only like the poor people will inherit the earth. Right. It'll 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 be a lot more like the uh, Amazon's expanse like the earth will be just decimated. Yeah. Um, But so that really won't help us either. If unfortunately it's it's it is like the expanse, in which case it's just trying to spread out to this solar system in that fashion. um, You're then I I can't argue with you whatsoever. Where else could we go? I mean, we don't have faster than light. But that's so, what I'm saying is if we manage to develop something of that nature, you start getting back into, once again, one of my favorite writers, Heinlein, who said that it, um, pioneering in that fashion is one of the great filters. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely reaching saturation um, on this planet, so much so that we've already started to regress in certain areas like birth rate and everything, which is another cast. Um for for those of you who have come from other places, you'll know I have a lot to say about that. But <laughs> that might be next cast. Um, there's, I, I think, 
we've screwed up this world or at least this country about as much as we can do it without a dramatic shift. Like I liken it to tectonic plates. Like you can only push so hard before you have a fault line crack, right? Until something shifts fundamentally. Um, we don't have enough pressure built up. We can see it. We can see that it's, it's happening. We can hear the grinding, but it's not pushing hard enough, fast enough for it to have a fatal break at this point. Um, there are not enough people suffering. And I truly believe, and I know that's a bad thing to say, but human beings, like, look at history. The only time, the only time we make change that big is when a significant portion of the middle class is suffering. And I mean suffering, like like famine, uh, um, large spread, uh, death. Those kinds of things like like it has become such a hardship that they just don't care enough anymore about the consequences that that dying is just not that big a deal. I think that's the only time you will see this country go into a civil war. And if the elites are comfortable enough to say we don't care about a significant portion of the the population dying they'll just nuke us and start over uh if they are worried about it enough uh it will wind up burning half the country to the ground my own personal opinion um i don't think it will be in our lifetime though so i guess then the end of this conversation for today then ends up being do you have optimism i have some small hopes (laughs) Uh, here and there on on how we could fix things. I don't know. And, and here's the problem. Like, I, I think there's some things we can do to rapidly change the situation. Um, we could fix a lot of the housing issues that we're having right now by releasing the, I think it's 50 or $48 billion worth of, of rent assistance and everything that would stop a lot of the the hurt we're seeing with with foreclosures and and um, evictions and and uh, landowners or, or, yeah, or that, landlords and stuff that goes into a completely other cast when we start talking about whether or not they should release the money or just say you don't need to pay it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's they could do that. I think they could get a lot of trade school stuff going on and really fix a lot of the infrastructure. I think if you if you did some of that and got these highly skilled workers and everything back um, instead of just having everything be disposable, um, we might start to kind of of build some grassroots value uh, in the production capability of the country, which would fix a lot of the the listlessness. Um, I don't know if we're smart enough as a society to do that, though. I really don't. I don't see it. Uh, you get people crying that that, oh, my God, you know, like they're doing with with Mike Rowe. I mean, look what they're telling you know him about that. You know, like, oh, my gosh, that's the worst idea ever. Why would you want to make these people work work? I mean, that's like blue collar. That's oh, how disgusting. You know, I just want to. I don't understand. Like these people, I just want to drive to get my latte and work at my laptop and have my dog under my desk and, uh, you know, like that's the mentality, right? And make six figures. Like that's it. And, and they don't understand that's, that's not how life works. 
right? Only for a very, very small few. So I, I don't know if, if as a country we're smart enough to. I, I think there is some hope. There could be. We could do it. Absolutely. There's a lot of things we could do. I don't know if we're that smart. Well, that brings us to the end of this for today. So as we've discussed in the cast before, we are kind of hoping that you, the listener, singular, <laughs> will uh, <laughs> actually want to contribute and be part of the conversation. So. Uh, a couple of ways of reaching us. We have a website now. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Most welcome. Which is gentlemanssoapbox.com. We also have an email address if you'd like to reach out to us. It is take a number at gentlemanssoapbox.com. Which I will put on the website. I, I forgot to do that. They, Jake told me to, and I completely spaced it. It's my bad. I'll put it on the website. It's not like you have so many other things to do. <laughs> uh, One or two. And we also have a Twitter account if you'd like to reach us there, and that is at GSBcast. So, once again, we're hoping to hear from you, and we will answer responses. So Both of you. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody have a wonderful evening. Hello and welcome to the Gentleman's Soapbox. I am Jake and with me as always is the Reverend Sean. If you can... <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Come on, I gotta fuck with you. <laughs>